And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Welcome to We Knows Parenting. I'm Peter McNerney. I'm Beth Newell. Uh, we are real-life parents um, and married couple. And this podcast is, you know, we're just we're just comparing notes in the week, trying to figure it out. Beth, how are you? I'm okay. Okay. I, as you're aware, I've had a busy couple weeks, but that means I've been away from my children a lot, which means all kinds of kind of evens out it's not as exhausting as um being with them. yeah i don't feel bad for you at all <laughs> oh no i'm so busy doing a thing i love away from my kids all week <laughs> i feel very disoriented towards this podcast right now because this is like two weeks of me being gone for most bedtimes and i don't remember where we left off or what's happened or who our kids are or who i am or what's going on or yeah anything do i have a husband last night i know i checked, checked my phone it was i was at work late and i texted you and was like who's getting our kids tonight because i knew you teach on thursday and i knew uh, i knew someone was probably getting your kids and it was my mom you had no idea that she was even i kind of knew but i didn't you had things to focus on big exciting yeah. things but it's nice to um not worry about your kids <laughs> i've been worrying about our kids uh boy i had a late audition i had to bring him into the city i had to find a babysitter we find yeah and that went pretty well it went well there's only been some there's only been two of the the most ferocious, terrifying tantrums that I've ever seen in my entire life. Other than that, it's been great. 
I'll say um, we've probably talked about this before, but for people not who don't live in New York, um, taking your kids into the city when you're not when you don't live in the city is one it of is the, a nightmare. It's one of the most exhausting, scary, annoying things to think about doing. Well, it's I I'm I'm over like there's it's so much easier than it used to be now that like I took I took the car and I found a place to park and Bryn walked the rest of the way and I carried Maven before it was like that was not an option you had to strap him into the thing and know where you're going blah 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 and it was raining but this was no problem I mean you're just strong enough to do that though I think that would terrify me to have two kids on the streets of New York I'm just strong enough I'm saying I'm very strong. I don't feel physically strong enough to carry Maven and then hold Bryn's hand for like multiple blocks and well, not and not be totally. Luckily, stressed. I only had to walk half a block. I didn't know it was going to oh, be that easy, okay. but it was great. That's still. I mean, like, if one thing goes wrong and two kids start trying to sprint in different directions, but in the middle of the city, they're so like excited and overwhelmed, they're not going anywhere. Anyway, well, what didn't go great was Bryn threw a couple of tantrums. And the first tantrum, I forget what day this was, but you were gone working all day. And I bring him home. He, he has this terrible habit where he comes in and just like opens the fridge. And I'm like, I'm making dinner, Bryn. No, stop grabbing cheese and stuff. And then he freaks out, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what it was. But it was a tantrum that led to complete and p- total rage in this three-year-old where he's looking at me, just literally going, it feels like something hormonal is happening. I definitely think there's a hunger element or Oh yeah. He's hungry and and tired and I'm telling him no, and he can't handle it. And he started hitting me. I feel like other, other parents have figured out a stronger snack game than we have. Like a, well, yeah. So yesterday, uh, my mom was here and we were picking up those kids together. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to show my mom what a good dad I am. So I prepared a bowl of fruit for them. Uh, so then I went to pick them up when they came in, they saw this bowl of fruit and I was like, I have time to make dinner now. They're not going to harass me. And they just ate the fruit in five seconds. And then we're like, we want cheese. We want milk. Tears, yeah. tears, tears. Yeah, the f- healthy snack you give them is just fuel for them to be more pissed off about the lack of dinner. Anyway, this tantrum builds and it rages, and I it, he starts destroying things. I try to like leave him alone. I'm like, and I try to be calm. Mostly, I have a pretty good tactic where I just like I ask him. I was like, "Do you feel angry?" And that usually calms him down. And he's like, "Yes," and then we can like talk. But this was he was hitting me and i was like i can't let you hit me so i'm sort of like blocking his hands and i'm just trying to get away from him and then i get away and then he'll just like tip over the trash can so i had to grab him (laughs) i was like you need alone time and i put him in his room and i close the door and then he starts destroying things in the room and i go in and i'm like you need to stop and this is like 45 minutes and then i i put him on his bed and he starts swinging at me and i just pick up a pillow and i just start blocking his hits and this is enraging him so much worse to the point where I am now so emotional <laughs> and angry and I want to, you know, fight back. But obviously I'm not going to. He's three. But I start dodging these punches with a pillow a little too aggressively where like it knocks them down. You've, you've made it into a game. 
You, it's, but no. You knocked he's, him over? He's on his mattress. So he, he swings with his whole body, and I put the pillow up to hit it. And he hits it, and he falls down, and he goes, stop it, daddy. And then I <laughs> suddenly feel like I'm attacking him. They're throwing a tantrum, and they're like, stop it. Yeah. And as if you were the Then you came home one. at this time, and I go, you need to handle this. And I went into our room, and I laid on a bed, and I burst into tears. I have to say it was on my end a little refreshing to see you have such a breakdown because it feels like I'm the one always dealing with those mega tantrums. Uh, um Well, you're welcome. Now you know how I feel. The more you know. Um I think one of the funniest things you told me this week was that when you told a dad on a play date, another dad about one of Brent's epic tantrums and he <laughs> said what do you say i don't know what to tell you well he was he was so nice about it but i was telling him this story and he got real quiet and still and then i started to get nervous because he wasn't saying anything so i kept rambling on about it (laughs) to try to make it seem like it wasn't as big a deal but the more i talked about it the more it sounded like a big deal and so he stayed quiet and then i finally just had to stop talking and then he said i don't know what to tell you and i was like i think it's i wasn't looking for sympathy I, it's hard to get a handle on, but it's so funny that he didn't at any point try to like offer up any of his own experiences with his kid or indicate that his kid has tantrums. Oh, he did. He did uh, early, early on. Okay, but uh, he you was, made it sound like he was just like, huh? That's weird. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> he was very supportive. I think. I think the problem was he cared too much, and I was just telling him something I thought was a funny story, and he had the audacity to sympathize. Can we talk about your dad playdate? Oh sure, sure. So, um, as you and I know, you're very shy about meeting other dads and no, parents. No, no, what are you talking about? Despite your performer enthusiasm you're very shy around real people in the real world oh i just don't want anyone to look at me and so you don't have really a lot of dad friends except for like your friend who you knew before he became a dad Mm -hmm. and it's true you i i went on the first play date to this house with you and that i think was a nice buffer for you and then you had a play date where you and this dad ended up jamming out on guitars together yeah we went full dad (laughs) i will say this was a joyous afternoon I went there. He's like, hey, I don't know how it started. But he's like, check out my old guitar. He's like, you play? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he, he starts playing. And I'm so uncomfortable at first because as a comedian, I realized how entrenched in my uh, earnestness, earnestness, earnestness should be mocked in the comedy world. And so, and and that's sort of every everything. Oh my God, what am I even talking about? So many things when you're a comedian are just <laughs> asking to be made fun of. Uh, and I consider myself a very open and like positive person, but there's a certain level of earnestness that I'm just not used to being around. And one of those things is like, hey, you play guitar? Like, let's play guitar. <laughs> you know, and like unless you're amazing at guitar, and that like guy in the corner playing guitar, my impulse anyway, is to make fun of this. Long story short, oh. you and this dad jammed out while your son's danced next to you for what sounds like a long time. And I will admit, it was incredibly fun. 
and joyous and earnest, and I'm not that great at playing guitar, and it didn't matter because we got to make up funny songs. You are good at playing guitar. I don't know why you think that. This this is an ongoing conversation we have had, which is <laughs> my wife, Beth Newell. My wife. My wife. I didn't even mean to. My wife um, is so much more impressed with the fact that I can play guitar adequately than any of the comedy that I do. It's the only thing you downplay. <laughs> oh, so you're just attracted to my humility. No, I just think um, it's a skill that I don't have playing instruments. or It's not something that comes to me easily. Like I could work at it and then maybe be able to play a couple chords. But you could pick up a brand new instrument and then in the course of an afternoon you like know the basics of that instrument, which I think is far beyond my skill set. I'm going to take this compliment that I'm getting right now (laughs) and just end the segment abruptly. This next segment is called Did You Knows? This is a segment where Peter learns a fact about parenting and shares it with us. Okay, so this is a crazy birth story that I read. Uh, This is from the BBC, and I'm going to... I'm going to paraphrase here. But so essentially this woman um, went to a doctor. Uh, They're having trouble conceiving. And so they had in, in vitro fertilization uh, from the husband and wife. This doctor created 12 embryos that are essentially were all the same, like twins, or, but 12. And then they found the healthiest ones and they implanted three of them um, and as the pregnancy went on, she lost one of them and ended up having twins. Uh, this was in 1992. And then they froze the uh, however many remaining embryos. And then this like corrupt fertilization doctor left the country and these eggs like went missing. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Years and years went later. They got them back. This, that, that's not even an important part of the story. And they thawed out some of these uh, eggs and they implanted a few of them and she had like a horrible reaction to them and like went into shock and almost died. And so then they were like, well, this is not safe. Let's, let's put this off. So years and years go by. It's 13 years later and they decide they want to try to try it again. And they have like four embryos left. So they thaw, thaw them out and one of them is like perfect. And so they uh, they go with that one, and she gets pregnant, and she gives birth 13 years later to technically the third triplet. So this baby has two uh, identical triplets. Um, well, I don't know if they're identical. Two of the other triplets who were born 13 years before. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that's how fertilized embryos or I thought they were fertilizing like multiple eggs or something how did they you know what as I'm saying this I don't know that's a great question but this what the article said is that this was an identical twin to the first two kids you don't know you're looking it up now you're going on the internet you don't know longest what you're frozen embryo baby born healthy baby girl's been born in the US after spending the last 13 years in frozen suspension as an embryo uh, this is thought to be the longest embryo, blah, 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 
has two teenage siblings who were conceived through in vitro fertilization at the same time. And she was frozen, which technically makes her a triplet. (laughs) Technically makes her a triplet. Okay. It's still very interesting. (laughs) Okay. But they don't share DNA like that. I don't think so. But the, the, I mean, the amazing thing is an, an embryo being frozen for 13 years. It's funny because we were talking about this at work, which is that, you know, there's all this like pressure on women my age to start freezing their eggs if they haven't hooked a man. And um, <laughs> it's not necessarily, there's not enough info out there to know if freezing your eggs is going to be successful at yeah. this point or like if the eggs are going to last. There's just like, um, so it's interesting to hear that, that experience. What would you do if we had triplets? I mean... Like now. We've had Brendan Maven. We accidentally get pregnant. Again. And you find out you're having triplets. It's hard to imagine not losing my mind. Um, People do this. All parents of twins, triplets, bless you. I don't, I will say, and not, I'm. Sh- this is going to be maybe controversial for some of our listeners, but I would genuinely consider abortion. Dep- oh boy, we're we're going there. <laughs> we just lost <laughs> half the listeners. Depending on oh the time, depending on like the timing of us finding this out oh, and how bad no. I wanted this pregnancy to begin with. Oh man, triplets is insane. My mom uh, is a twin. Right. And she has two uh, older siblings besides her twin brother. So I think when they were born, my grandmother had four kids under five or six. Under five, I think. Yeah, I just... I know you can survive twins and triplets. I just don't want to be the one to prove it. Hey, how would you like to prove something incredible? You know, what's funny is when I was pregnant with Maven, I had a um, a paranoid fear that I was pregnant with twins. And I also, I think what happened was I cracked an egg and it was a double yolked egg and I'd never had that in my whole life. And I was like, this is a sign. It's going to be twins. And I was like, we're screwed. And so I went to the midwife saying like that I was worried it was twins and they were doing the sonogram and she was like, it's really not looking like twins. I'm only seeing one baby. And like, but she said it to me in a way where she thought I was going to be disappointed. Like she was like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I I'm just, I really, you. I think there's only one in there. And I was like, no, that's great. I was bringing it up because I'm scared to death. Like, <laughs> I very distinctly remember being younger and cracking open an egg and there was two yolks and being so upset by it <laughs> because it was just the clearest like oh by the way you're eating unfer- chicken embryos like this is a living thing and that whole thought i had something i ignored my whole life and that was just too real you ever cracked open a bloody egg i did and that was when i was like nine months pregnant with Bryn, and it was terrifying oh that's right i was like this is a sign everything's gonna go bad i'm gonna go into labor it's the end like your egg future telling track record <sighs> is crap well the timing of those eggs was horrible and i will say in retrospect i think that the first one was a sign that labor was imminent and the second one 
with the two with the double yolks was just a sign of pregnancy or like fertility. Uh, you can make an argument about any egg. I have never in my life had either of those situations happen when I was not pregnant. <sighs> it's proof. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now it's time for You Knows What He Said? This is where one of us gives the other one a series of Bryn quotes, only one of which is a real quote, and I don't have one this week because <laughs> I've been, even though I've been around our kids more, I've not been ready because I was paying attention. Okay. Beth, which give me the options. Which of these things did Bryn say to me? The first one is, you fucked up. <laughs> oh, it's the possible. The second one is, you're bugging me out. <laughs> the third one is... I guess the first one seems more likely. <laughs> the first, third one is, you suck. You fucked up. You're bugging me out. You suck. Pause. Our daughter is crying. We're recording at night. Be right back. Okay. Okay. We're back. Okay, okay. No, we need to talk about what just happened. <laughs> so we were interrupted by our. Normally, we do this in the morning. We're recording at night. So I go in to the room. It's very hot today. And so I go in there. The light is on. That's why Maven was crying. Bryn, very recently, he stopped using his pacifier because it broke. And so. He has taken her pacifier. He's in his bed with a fully loaded up nighttime pull-up diaper. He's got the pacifier. The air is off. 
he turned off the air conditioning. <laughs> it's a million degrees. <laughs> and Maven's crying. I what is going on in here? So I, <laughs> I go and I I change his diaper. I give back the pacifier. And then I go and I get him a wet washcloth. And he puts it on his head. And this is revelatory for him. He loves this thing. But it's a bit sad in there. And I explained to him that the the air actually is the thing that makes it not hot. <laughs> and he understood. Anyway, you fucked up. You bugging out. You suck. <sighs> Those are my options. You fucked up. You're bugging me out. You suck. Okay. Unfortunately, well, I'm going to eliminate. <laughs> you bugging out is not something either one of us have ever said ever. I'm fairly sure. Nor really is you suck. That's not something <laughs> we would say. You fucked up is definitely something we would say, and therefore that is my guess. It was a trick question because he actually said two of these things, <laughs> which is he said, you fucked up, and he said, you're bugging me out. <laughs> and I think he heard you're bugging me out on the Story Pirates podcast uh, in a well, song. but. I don't the, think so. <laughs> the funny story behind the first one is um, he was watching YouTube in my bedroom before bed, and I wanted my to turn it. My favorite thing. He, he, I wanted to turn it off. I turned off the TV, and quietly under his breath he goes, you fucked up. <laughs> it was really, really threatening. It's, I, it's terrifying. <laughs> uh, I don't know where he heard this. <laughs> I... I'm going to guess from his friend at school. There's a there's a kid at school that teaches him things. Yeah, I'm not gonna say the name. Anyway, but I know who you are. But um, I thought it was kind of funny. And then later the same night, he said, "Wait, wait, how did you react? Did you acknowledge this? What happened was I said, "What did you say?" And yeah. he put his hand on his mouth, and he was like, "Nothing. I didn't say anything." So he knows it's bad, which. Further leads me to believe he heard it at school because I feel like there was an incident behind this. He knows. Yeah, he knows it's bad. I heard him swear once, and I, we've talked about it on this podcast already. Apparently it did not have that much of an effect because he said it again. But I like that he was scared about it and wouldn't repeat it. Yeah. There's a proper amount of shame. Yeah. You know what? Swear all you want, but be scared to sh- swear in front of your parents. <laughs> but then later that night, he said, you're bugging me out. And I <laughs> thought it was this? hysterical. You're bugging me out? Yeah, because no, whoever says that. And it's not on the Story Parts podcast. I think it is. No, I'm, I'm pretty confident the person that records it would know more than the person who doesn't listen to it. I don't it. think you remember every like casual aside on the podcast. You'd be surprised how obsessed I am with myself. Well, I don't think it was you saying this. Oh, then it's likely. I don't listen to other people's <laughs> lines. This next segment is called Would You Knows? This is where we posit a hypothetical parenting situation to one another and how we would handle it. Beth, I got another good one from our friends on the internet. This one comes to us from Harry. Harry wants to know. I'm going to give this to you, Beth. Harry wants to know, would you knows what to do? Bonus points, Harry, for using the proper formatting of the question. Would you knows what to do if your infant was taller than you and could <laughs> thus access areas of your home forbidden uh, forbidden to you? 
forbidden to you? Above the refrigerator, <laughs> top of the Christmas tree, etc. Wow. Why are those things forbidden to me? Harry, proofread, or I should learn to read. This is kind of, didn't we have another one where you're... Your kid has, like, superpowers. This is similar. Yeah, so this is less is, dangerous. Now your kid is enormous. <laughs> like I said, now your kid is enormous like it's the same kid that had heat vision. <sighs> I'm sick of this kid. Um, okay, so the um, tall kid... Okay, I am assuming this kid still has the same um, brain function of a child. and um, Yeah, they're just huge. They're just enormous. So... What I would say is I would continue the childproof locks we currently have on our cabinets, but I would extend them to all the cabinets. <laughs> what is the what is the most dangerous thing that they could get to now that they that they can't get to now that they could when they're a giant infant? I mean, well, right now they're kind Bryn has kind of already learned to get on the counter, which means he's within reach of a lot of knives. Oh yeah. He went into the kitchen tonight and came back with a slice of pizza. And it, that was in a place I did not think he could get to. Yeah, he's figuring it out. Um there's Okay. I the up there's, the cabinets up high actually are like not that bad. It's like the mixer and this is not a problem, Harry. He's, it's, Harry. Oh, is he strong? Taller? Is he stronger than us? I. This question should be less about the cabinets and should be more about how this kid's not going to kill you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what? He can take the he can take the, the star <laughs> off the top of the Christmas tree all he wants. Is he going to strangle me to death? Yeah, suffocate you. I already have enough trouble with both of our kids elbowing me in the boob. Every single day. I got kicked in the crotch so comically hard tonight. And I literally... <laughs> Bryn was sitting on the counter, and so he didn't mean to, but he just kicked me exactly crotch mm. level. So, and Harry... I instinctually went, you kicked me in the nuts! <laughs> and he's never heard that term before, and I've he's never like, screamed hmm. that out loud before in my whole life, and I was embarrassed to repeat it just now. He's definitely pocketed that one. He's like, he hmm, nuts. could feel that it was funny, but also a serious thing that it happened. You know what? The problem with him is that he's really, really <laughs> should this good. Be, should this be a segment? Beth now does. <laughs> the the problem. problem with him. He's just really smart about language, and he remembers people's names very well upon hearing them once, and like, if he hears a new phrase that has a certain ring to it, that he doesn't recognize, you can see him doing the math in his head like, I'm going to remember this one. Well, he's exactly that age where if he chooses to be interested in something, he absorbs all of it. My dad bought them this book. It's called Hello, Hello. It's full of animals, obscure animals from the world. He knows every single name because we read it every night. That's the Rainbow Ogama, and that's the Sunda Pangolin, and that's the Rhinoceros Hornbill. Uh, and because he's just chosen to be interested in it. And I think phrasing, yeah, he's very interested in just how people say things and how people gesticulate. Well, what's funny about that is that book, he has memorized the way that you have read it to him. <laughs> and neither of us really knows how to pronounce those animals. But I tried to read it to him tonight and he kept correcting me on the pronunciation. Oh, I'm sure and you was, did it all wrong. I was like, you don't even know. Yes, we do. We've read this book every night. We then look it up on Google on my phone, <laughs> and we look at real pictures of them. We've we've Googled. Did you play YouTube videos that on the pronunciation of their names? 
I don't care what the truth is. We have our own reality that we've built, and we are... Brynn... I'm fine with that. I just think if I'm going to be corrected, I should get to opt out of reading those books. <laughs> you can handle bedtime. I didn't tell you to. Uh, first of all, I almost always do. And you don't have to read that book. <laughs> it's really good, though. A Sunda Pangolin? It's an armored beast. Wow. <sighs> Rainbow Gamma. Long-beaked Echidna. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Now it's time for Listener's Want to Knows. This is where we dive into some listener mail and uh, talk about it, answer some questions, or uh, react. Now, we got a lot of feedback from our Past Lives episode. Uh, a lot of people had opinions and in all directions. And uh, there were two emails that, that jumped out as just the epitome of you and me. And uh, I wanted to briefly, <laughs> you could see right away which one of these listeners um, I'll claim is one of my own and which one is, is more a Beth. Uh, this first one, and I can't read this whole thing because it is so long, and I love every piece of it. But this is from Katie, and I'm going to skip around a little bit. But um, Katie writes, on Peter's call for backup, which I did, I said, back me up. First, on the idea that it's possible that Bryn has a past life because anything is possible. Possible Logically, for every unknown but possible scenario, there is an equal and opposite unknown but possible. These two statements are equally valid. 
It is possible that Bryn had a past life. It is possible that Bryn did not have a past life, which means that possible has no bearing on what is real. Just because something is not impossible does not mean that it is probable. Therefore, Peter's conclusion, concession that it is possible Bryn had a past life is just as important a point to the argument as the idea that we are all in the Matrix or Elvis is still alive. Moving on, why are Beth's thoughts on past lives so unreasonable and her conclusion that people have past lives demonstrably false? The I I could go on and on and and uh, I just think it's weird. This person says that it is possible, but then says that it's demonstrably false. It's like not. Well, I'll go on. Uh, the way a logical argument works, which is something you love oh, well. hearing, is a person presents a number of premises which, if all true, result in a conclusion that must also be true. But if any uh, premise in the argument is invalid, the conclusion is also invalid. A logical fallacy is the use of invalid or otherwise faulty reasoning in the construction of an argument. Beth's argument commits many fallacies, the most important of which I have highlighted here below. And there are several sections oh that... Oh, God. This person sounds very fun to be around. Anecdotal fallacy. When a, pro- a proponent uses a personal experience as evidence instead of reliable and falsifiable data. Now, listen, I'm not reading this whole thing because we literally don't have enough time. But uh, And I'm also cutting out the part that makes it clear that it's very tongue-in-cheek and just uh, a logical argument that this person enjoys writing out. And boy, I had a nice exchange back and forth because I, I, that is also very much how I think. I just don't understand why th- these science Nazis like act as though science hasn't discovered things over time. Like We haven't always known things as we now know them. <laughs> Sure. So to say that like certain things are impossible because we haven't we don't currently have evidence for them is so bizarre to me. Well, I think it's not saying that uh, it, it, it's saying that this thing must be true because of anecdotal evidence. Is- I didn't say it must be true. I feel like this whole argument is being twisted on me. I was just saying I don't like to be attacked for believing it's possible. I'm not the one who is 100% sure of my opinion. Well, I will say the back and forth that I had with uh, Katie, who is lovely, <laughs> went on to talk about uh, uh, how how to not be jerks about it. But anyway, the point is not to, to tell you you're wrong. I just want to give you a taste of Okay. Some of the feedback we got. Now I want to read. I just don't like. I want to read a different I, email. <laughs> I'm being accused of logical fallacy. I think is. Um... Well, I mean. Anyway, here is the different email we got from Valentina. I'll read the entire email. This one, dear Peter and Beth. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Beth seems like an old soul, and Peter seems like a new one. How do you reconcile this as partners and as parents? <laughs> Well, Valentina, as an old soul, it requires a lot of patience interacting with these new souls. Oh, um, <laughs> boy, it's, I believe, uh, it's hard, it's, some, some of the emails we get, uh, it's hard, always hard to read tone online, and I'm pretty sure that these are all very positive, uh, mm, but it's, yeah, yeah, well, this one reads very positive and earnest to me, but I'm curious as to, how earnest it is and whether it know whether this person knows how well oh, i don't want to be about disrespectful. to say something condescending yeah i don't want to be 
Well, of course, it's so it's uh, it's so belittling to be called a new soul because one, <laughs> it's ridiculous that because there is no such thing as a soul because you according can't. to me, and I know you don't agree, and a lot of people don't agree. But it's just like, oh, you don't believe in this, so you must be a naive. Uh, Here's an example though of why I I actually fully buy this, and I think we've talked about this uh, maybe on the podcast before. Is that you're an experiential learner, okay? And I'm sure, yeah. more of a planner. And mm-hmm. I, for if I was to make a recipe, install a hook on the wall, something, I would maybe have done some research or have read up on it you just dive head first into things just busting down walls making a mess and i like to fix my mistakes you like to live and learn and i would prefer to create less chaos in my wake and i think that is an old soul new soul thing so so the logical argument is that you've led more lives than i have and that's why you know mm -hmm. i do believe that we've all led multiple lives and i think that we have certain skills that it does not logically make sense to me that we've picked them up in one lifetime for example i think you know growing up i was really good at drawing you were really good at music i i think that when something comes naturally to you like to you like that i think that you've picked it up in a past life well I respect that point of view, and I do not agree in it in, in any way whatsoever. <laughs> well, you'll see on the other side. Okay. Oh, boy. Let's not... Uh, this is just us dancing around death, uh, and um, I, I made my peace with death by never talking about it, and then here we are see, right now. This, my point of view allows me to not fear death, and well, I like that. This is what I actually think the point of all this is and where I, I have learned to respect our differences is that everybody's dealing with the fact that, oh, we're going to die and we don't know what's going to happen. That's terrifying, and it's paralyzing to feel so helpless. And everybody needs to find a way to deal with this thing. And I my way is making a decision that, oh, you know what? There's not you die, you're done. That's it. There's nothing I can do about it. Now let's change the topic. And that actually does make me happy and comfortable that I don't need to deal with that anymore. You this dealing with the way that you deal with it makes you really happy and comfortable and 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 it makes you feel and I don't know. I just don't like if I was just living for this one life, like I just feel like I would live so selfishly and like I mean, there's a there's a virtue to being in the moment, but I think I like having a long view of things. I like feeling like I was put here for a reason, and that it's like a drop in the bucket of history that like is hopefully serving some higher purpose going forward, and not just like me as a person trying to like get as much joy out of this life before I die. Well. <laughs> like. It's so funny because I'm like, I ultimately I think it's all totally meaningless. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that doesn't equal like, well, I can do whatever I want because if I did that, my life would be miserable because people would hate me. And so, being a good person is the the best way for me to live a live a happy life while I'm here. And uh, you know what? Ultimately. 
We don't know. So let's be cool. Anyway, this is a podcast about parenting. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I just want to say thank you to everyone who reached out. Other people wrote in. <laughs> There's a lot of controversy over yeah, this. Some, some emails, not so nice. <laughs> um, some emails said, Beth is dumb and I'm sexist. And that's a perfectly valid point of view, too. Is it? <sighs> anyway. The same person said both of those things? Yeah. Well, somebody wrote in and... Um, this is one where I, was, I I can't tell how serious they were being, but the subject line was "You're both dumb," or something mm-hmm. like that. And because I I said, "Dads, back me up." Um, <laughs> she said that's a sexist point of view that only dads can be logical and only moms can be flighty. I'll accept that criticism, but I was trying to make fun of myself for being a stereotypical type of dad who needs to explain everything. Uh, <laughs> but fair enough. And uh, and she thinks you're stupid. <laughs> Just for now. There are reasons, but... People will say anything when they're safely behind their computers. If you're listening and you're a nice person, please rate and review our podcast. Uh, it's true. Oh, oh yeah. Um, well, <laughs> let's not get into that. But yeah, somebody reviewed our podcast after only hearing the ad and uh, did not like that you belittled me in the ad. And so she doesn't. <laughs> this was this was great. I need to share this, and I, we shouldn't get into trolling or whatever. <laughs> but this person uh, gave us one star because the woman belittles the man uh, in the trailer, and you also have another series that portrays uh, portrays men as dumb, fumbling, and incompetence. Another series. I think they're talking about reductress. <laughs> okay. But but Lister said. Portrays men as dumb, fumbling, and incompetence. If you're going to call somebody incompetent, use the right word. I mean, I'm already getting like 10% of the normal hate by virtue of you being on this podcast and it not being singularly female. So, Oh, yeah, I'm getting a little taste of, of your <laughs> feminist hate mail. And I'm, I feel good about it. Boy, we shouldn't focus on it because so many of you have... That's such wonderfully positive things, and we love all <laughs> yeah, of you. Yeah, most of you are great. This is just a fun fraction of the... Comic. I even think that person who called you dumb was being a little funny, because she yeah, did say, I like, when aside said, from that, I really, I've really been enjoying the show. I, I shouldn't like, have said she's not fun. She's probably very fun. Yeah. You're all great. <laughs> you listen at all. You can say whatever you want to us. We're putting ourselves out there. We're asking for it, really. Oh, boy. We love you all. And this has been Listeners Wanna Knows. All right, this has been another episode of We Knows Parenting. If you want to send us any questions or if you have any would you knows scenarios, you can send those to us at weknowspod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, We Knows Pod. Beth, anything you want to plug? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Beth New. You can find me on Twitter, McNen, M-I-C-N-E-N. Uh, check out the Story Pirates podcast. Check out the Reductress Minute. And we'll see you next time. Yeah? Bye.
Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.